Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. When it comes to a thriving career, everyone could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. At LHH, we help every step of the way. We're committed to personalized support, insights, and resources that lead to more job opportunities than ever before. No matter what role a professional has in your organization, our services offer an experience that fits each person individually. And for organizations, LHH provides consultant support and guidance through the entire outplacement or career transition process, understanding the sensitivity and impact on your team. The world is full of new possibilities, and we help both organizations and individuals realize the possibility of what's next. It's outplacement reimagined. Visit LHHtalent.com. That's LHHtalent.com to get in touch with an outplacement consultant today because everyone and every organization could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. LHH, helping you every step of the way. Visit LHHtalent.com. I'm Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. And as I look out across the California landscape, we have fires not everywhere, but just about everywhere. We have a heat wave, which is burning out of control. No pun intended. We have drought. We have water scarcity. We have a water usage ban. We're going to talk about all of that over the next four hours or so. But let's start 
with the fires. And KFI's own Blake Trolley joins me right now as we get an update on what's going on in Hemet right about now. Blake, first, how are you doing? And hopefully you're safe. Yeah, Mo, I'm safe, but uh, yeah, this fire has really exploded. The fire has grown to 2,400 acres. Right now, it's 5% surrounded. Uh, fire officials worry this fire could grow to as large as 7,000 acres. Now, right now, more than 3,400 homes are under evacuation. And these homes, by the way, these evacuations are pretty widespread. They're not, you know, some of these homes aren't super close to the fire, but because of the way this fire has been acting, because of the way this fire has just been, you know, really moving quickly uh fire officials want to make sure people are out of their homes and and that it, you know there are no close calls uh two people fleeing from the fire from a canyon area were killed yesterday a third person was injured we're expecting to get more information on them uh until then firefighters say the issue could have been that there was no cell service in the canyon and i can attest to that i, I toured the damage today and my cell uh my cell phone definitely did run out of service uh, they also say that you know it could deal with the fire's rapid speed again that's why they're they're you know they've, they've made these mass evacuations uh now the fire was burning through the hills yesterday when it entered this canyon area this is where these several structures uh were burned and it exploded essentially no fire has burned through this area in 30 years so they've got plenty of dry vegetation that's just had years to accumulate in there and they say that has definitely fueled um this fire now as for the the, the fight today air crews are attacking the fire with several aircraft uh this includes tankers helicopters while ground crews are on the attack but this is a little different this is uh um, almost a different, uh, you know, a, a different venue, if you will. You know, firefighters can usually bring dozers into these uh, sort of environments. This fire, Mo, is burning really, I mean, it's just a field of boulders. It's just, I, I've, I've posted a photo to my Twitter if, if anybody wants to check it out just to get an idea of what I'm talking about here. But it is rolling steep terrain with just these giant boulders in. And as firefighters explain to me, there's no way. You know, you can get a uh, a bulldozer through there. So they mm -hmm. have ground crews. And, of course, that's really, really made, uh, you know, getting containment lines uh, quickly. I do want to get into a little bit of the, the, the tour. I toured the damage earlier today. Uh, I saw, you know, one building was, was on fire. Firefighters were trying to put that out. One building that I saw had been just completely flattened. Uh, a little bit worrisome. There were some horses still in the, uh, in the canyon. And um, it was just kind of eerie. You know, you, you saw these horses in their, uh, in their corral, and then just right above them was just charred hillside. So, you know, it, it, I think that really speaks to the, uh, the speed in which people were, uh, were evacuating. Um, and, you know, another worrisome element of all of this is that, you know, the firefighters, to their credit, you know, they were able to hold the flames off many homes in this canyon uh, as I was touring through it. Um, I don't know if, if I, the best way to describe it would be looking at a colored picture in a field of gray. They, they were able to preserve these homes. So you see these kind of, you know, bouts of green where the where they were able to keep the flames off the, you know, the trees or or the vegetation close right. to the home. But but, you know, this fire is expected to and I'm hoping to get some more information on this soon. It, it is expected to reverse course and start heading back to where it came from. So while firefighters have been able to uh, spare, you know, many homes up in these hills, they might be fighting these flames off uh, all over again as the uh, as the day progresses. Blake, you make, it a make a very important point, and I think we should highlight it. Not only is the fire unpredictable and can reverse course, it, it is moving very quickly 
two people have already died. In other words, when evacuation information is given out, even if it's not mandatory, when it's first given to you, I would suggest humbly, and Blake, tell me if you agree or disagree, I would humbly suggest that once you get that uh, uh, evacuation inv- uh, information and it includes your area, that you leave immediately because you don't want to wait until literally it's too late or there's not enough time for you to have an evacuation plan for you and your family members and so forth. But I think you highlighted how this uh, fire is fast moving. It is unpredictable. And given the heat, which is a contributing factor, I'm sure there's no guarantee as far as how this is going to progress. Is that fair to say? Oh, it's, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, the wind has picked up out here. You can definitely feel it. Um, and, and just to get into the temperatures, Mo, right now it's 108 degrees in Hemet, and it's not like any relief is coming by anytime soon. Tomorrow the highs are expected to be, one, or the high is expected to be 107 here, uh, followed by 101 on Thursday. So this has been very hot, and as officials have been telling me, you know, firefighters are working much shorter shifts. You know, they're out there in this uh, this protective gear that's uh, that's really hot. They've had to bring in more firefighters from uh, other areas just so they can shorten these shifts. So, yeah, the, the heat and, and the wind is, has really played a, a huge you know uh, factor in how quickly this, this fire has spread. I think you predicted my next question because I was wondering about firefighter attrition given the heat, given the, the multiple nature of the fires, the, the unpredictable nature of it and, and where it's moving. But I guess they do have that under control in terms of just shorter shifts. I just wonder about the, the heat exhaustion, just the gear that the typical firefighter has to take into these situations, saying nothing about the inherent danger of the physical fire itself. This is just um, difficulty on top of difficulty for these first responders, and I respect what they do. I don't know how they do it, but to your point, if the weather is going to be some 108 tomorrow, what I'm reading, and we'll get into in the next segment, the temperatures are not even slated to drop for another three to four days. So at least in the near future, Blake, again, correct me if I'm wrong, they're going to have to deal with this under similar circumstances for the foreseeable future, correct? Yeah, I mean, until we get to the weekend, it's going to be pretty hot out here. Friday, they get a little bit of uh, a little bit of relief at that 93 degrees. But again, depending on how the wind kicks up, I mean, 93 degrees might not help much at all. You know, and and it's still I mean, it's funny to say that now when you're in a heat wave, you think about 93 degrees on an average day. That's still a pretty hot day. Well, it's still a hot day and it's a dangerous day for our first responders. Blake Trolley, I want you to be safe out there. Thank you for covering this information. And I know KFI's own 24-hour newsroom will continue to have these updates. And I want to reiterate, we will have some uh, applicable evacuation information as it comes to us. We will forward it to you. But hopefully you will heed the, the advice of those uh, first responders who recommend that you may have to evacuate your neighborhood, your homes. Do so quickly and in an orderly fashion because we've already had two people killed trying to flee and a third person injured. And so let's not underscore how dangerous this is. Blake, be safe out there. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Bill. This is the John and Ken Show. We'll talk more about this heat wave, which is 
Oh, it is really, really rough out there for just about everyone. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. This is the John and Ken Show. I'm Mo Kelly in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, just in case you're not familiar with me. I also host the Mo Kelly Show here Saturdays and Sundays, 6 to 8 p.m. on Saturday and 7 to 10 p.m. on Sunday. You can find out all about me at my personal website, MrMoKelly.com, or hit me up on Twitter at MrMoKelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. I'm a, law, a lifelong Angelino, with the exception of going away to college, and I love California with all of its warts, including moments like these where we're dealing with these, I will say, natural disasters from a drought to a heat wave to even the fires. I, I understand as someone who has lived my whole life in California, with the exception of college, these are some of the things which come along with this state. But this is really, really, really hot. And I say that as someone who likes hot, but not hot, hot, hot. And it's now hot, hot, hot. And do you ever have someone who wants to be that jerk, that a-hole that walks up to you and says, well, at least it's a dry heat. How's that supposed to be any better if it's 110 outside? Does Does a dry heat mean that I am less likely to have heat stroke? As opposed to a, a more humid heat, I mean, is it is it a dry heat mean that it is better than being in a sauna? Is it supposed to be that I'm in an oven and that's better than a sauna or an air fryer? I don't exactly get how that works, but it's a dry heat and it is hot outside. And honestly, I don't remember the last time it was this hot for the foreseeable future in the sense of more than a week. And maybe I'm more sensitive to it now because I'm on the other side of 50. When I was, you know, a teenager, and you remember this, when you're a teenager, the extremes in temperature probably don't bother you much. You don't mind them much. But me, I, gosh, if it gets to be over 85, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's too damn hot. Someone turn on the air conditioner. And you notice certain things. You notice that as you get older, you notice that the type of of information that you get, the recommendations that 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 you're getting from your government just seem to be, and maybe it's just me, just seems to be more and more ridiculous in nature because I'm covering the news closely every single day. And I open it up and I look at what the CDC tells us. The CDC says, if you don't have air conditioning, go to a mall or public library. Oh, thanks for that. Thanks for that. If I don't have air conditioning, I'm going to somehow get to a mall or a public library. And if I don't have air conditioning, then that means probably I am not the wealthiest person in the world. What am I supposed to do? Just hang out at the mall for eight hours, nine hours? Am I supposed to just go to the public library, which may not be close? Do you even know where your nearest public library is? I bet you don't. Mark Ronner, I bet you don't even know where your nearest public library is. I do. I use it all the time. It's uh, in uh, North Hills. Do not undercut my joke. I was going to, you should be thanking me for not jumping in and asking if you're going through the, the change because you're getting your hot flashes at this age. You're not more bothered by heat extremes as you get older? Oh, yeah. I, I nearly got heat sick yesterday just walking to the car. Seriously. Well, well, there you go then. But you're complaining about me. I'm more sensitive to the heat and you almost got heat stroke walking to the car. But you're actually making my point. If you got heat stroke almost walking to the car or heat exhaustion, how then is a, a, a an individual who most likely is of limited finances if he or she does not have air conditioning, supposed to go to the mall and hang out all day long or go to the public library. Now, my public library is about mm, five, six miles away. And if you go to the public library, there's only so much you can do there. I mean, you can't 
realistically stay at the public library or the mall for nine and ten hours. We're talking about the heat portion of the day. Well, they'll let you. I mean, in high- no, 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 you can, but you can't live there. No, no, you can't. You can't set up a cot in the middle of the library, but you can pretty much hang out there indefinitely while it's open. They don't. They don't roust anybody. No, I did that when I was unemployed some 12, 13 years ago, and it was a great resource if you don't have a job in the sense where you can go to the public library, they have internet, they have other resources that you can use. No, I love the public library. I don't know if that is an adequate recommendation to avoid the heat. Well, it's certainly not enough, and man, if if you are not a person of at least modest means, this weather is just murder on you. Well, the CDC also recommends... To stay indoors and dress in light clothing. No, I was going to go outside and wear a wool sweater with a hoodie and a a, a three-piece suit. I can't see in the camera below your waist level. Are you even wearing pants today? I'm wearing shorts. Look at these sexy legs. (laughs) Look at those sexy legs. Dress for the job you want. Those are some muscular calves. And I say that because even though there is air conditioning here, I should say there's air conditioning here during the week, not on the weekend. It was turned off yesterday. Oh, it was turned off yesterday? Oh, yeah. I was boiling. That's why I felt sick yesterday. Uh, But see, that was also a holiday, so that's quasi-weekend. Okay. Yeah. So that's how they do it. And I didn't know that until I started working in radio where they turn off the air conditioning on the weekend. So you come in, regardless of whatever's going on outside, you got no air conditioning with the exception of in the studio. So we would hide out in the studios where there would be some sort of air conditioning. Now, today, if I were to walk outside in Burbank, I'd probably explode. Just from the heat alone. I'm surprised there aren't more reports of spontaneous human combustion in this weather when it gets over 110. And I used to, and to your point, to be serious for a moment, I used to live in Studio City, which is about maybe six, seven miles from here. Mm-hmm. And it's in the heart of the valley, if you will. And I was routinely um, exposed to plus 100 degree weather, but that was back in my 30s. And now it's like, I don't, I don't want those extremes on any level. I don't want it to be too cold. When I bought my first car, I was 22 years old. It was a little Nissan NX. There's a reason to this story. And when back then, you may not remember, you had different types of options you could get on the car. Oh, yeah. And one of the options was, did you want air conditioning? Now, in my 20s, I'm like, I'm living in California. It's like in, in West L.A., as a matter of fact. And I said, I don't need air conditioning. I'll just roll down the window because... High temperatures didn't bother me in my 20s, but the, it bothers me now. When I get home, the house better not be hotter than 80 degrees. Oh, yeah, and it's getting hotter, too. Just to uh, put a finer point on what you said, when I first moved to Seattle like 25 years ago, I moved from the Midwest where I'd been uh, working at a little paper there. And you know what summers are like in the Midwest? Hot, humid just barely Muggy. barely able to support human life. So I get there with a car that's got air conditioning. Everybody in Seattle's mocking me. Like we don't need that. What right. are you doing? <laughs> uh now, now every single human being in Seattle has an air conditioned car. It's uh, it's getting hotter. I think it's it's that and I think as we get older I just think we want those types of creature comforts. My first apartment didn't have any type of air conditioning. I'm not even talking about one of those uh, th- those units you place in a window. It had nothing like that. Now, I couldn't conceive of living in a place which didn't have some sort of air conditioning unit or central air. Now, this is not talking about uh, global warming or climate change. I'm not trying to get into all that. I have no idea that's above my pay grade. I am saying, don't look at me like that, Mark Ronner. Don't look at me like that. You're the host. 
Please, please proceed. <laughs> I'm saying I'm not talking about that. I am saying that I just know that as I get older, and I used to laugh at my parents and laughed at older folks when they said they just couldn't live without air conditioning because they looked at me and said, how can you buy a car without air conditioning? I said, very easily. It saved me like $1,000. Why did I want to spend an extra $1,000 when it was okay to just roll down the window? Oh, I forgot. It didn't have power windows. I actually had to roll down the windows. And these young whippersnappers don't know anything about physically rolling down a we window. We had it rough. We, you should have seen the biceps on our left arm from rolling down the windows back in the day. Oh, you're mocking me again, huh? <laughs> We're the same age, Mark. I don't know what I nobody's nobody knows my age. I'm not telling anybody. We're the same age. I'm telling you, we're the <laughs> same age. Unless you work at the DMV, <laughs> you don't know my age. We are you said that we are comparable in age. Well, I look younger than you though. Oh, damn, it's gonna be like that. <laughs> this is the John and Ken Show. Mo Kelly in for John and Ken, KFI AM six forty. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I guess everything old is new again. And what I mean by that is last segment, we were talking about the heat wave and how it seems hotter now than ever before. There is mathematical data to, to suggest that that is true. There may be some scientific data to confirm that. But moreover, the way we are addressing it here in California maybe needs to change. In other words, since our, our weather is changing, and it seems like it's getting hotter and for longer periods of time. Maybe we need to take extra steps to protect, protect California residents, young and old, as far as at least letting people know what they need to do and how they should go about doing it in terms of this, quote unquote, extreme weather. And to that end, California lawmakers, they've already passed a bill. I guess it's waiting for Governor Newsom's signature in the sense of protecting Californians from record-breaking heat waves. And the thought is we need to be able to differentiate between the different levels of heat. It's one thing for it to be hot and just to say that it's hot, but maybe there should be some striation in there where we can actually differentiate in levels of heat and levels of danger to citizens like you and me. The, the program would be developed by the California EPA, and would use weather data along with the forecasted duration of a heat wave to set a scale. The goal would be to warn people before hot weather poses a public safety hazard. Now, this is what our governor, Gavin Newsom, had to say, and he's a very profound individual. He thinks deeply about these issues. He cares deeply. You never would ever be able to say that he is insincere. Never, I think. But he said something very profound and very sincere when he said, quote, the hots are getting a lot hotter. The dries are getting a lot drier. Thank you, Governor Gavin Newsom. So it's hotter and drier, according to our governor. But here's the serious point. And if you're not of a certain age, you wouldn't remember this. But this has already been done relative to smog. And if you've lived in California as long as I have, then you should remember what it was like. In the 1970s, I grew up in the 1970s, especially in the summer. There were days that we shouldn't play outside. We couldn't play outside. We couldn't even have a recess outside at school because of this brown haze, the smog, which was hovering over L.A. And they had these different stages of smog alerts. Now, I know Eric, who's running the board, you grew up in L.A., but you wouldn't remember these smog alerts, would you? 
No, I, oh, I don't really. You're lucky because we would play outside and it would hurt to breathe after a certain point. And they had these smog alerts, these stage smog alerts, where especially if it was during the school season, kids could not go out for recess. And, for example, there was stage one, which was unhealthy. Students were told to avoid anything that might cause hard breathing. If the teacher allowed uh, students to go outside, they were told to play quietly. No running, no jumping, or competitive sports. Sensitive students were allowed to stay inside. I mean, this was a real thing back in the 1970s. There was the stage two smog alert, which was considered very unhealthy. No recess. We were even told as students to walk slowly. And after school sports and games practices, they were all canceled. This was routine occurrence. Back in California in 1970s, and there was stage three hazardous. And at that point, the school districts had the option to cancel classes. That was the closest thing California had to a quote-unquote snow day. We had smog days. And it's, it's weird because unless you firsthand remember it, and I know Mark wasn't even here to experience it because he was um, in the Pacific Northwest, but it was something which was endemic and very common to California. I mean, we just had fire advisories just like because i went to calabasas high school sometimes there'd be like a fire in the hills or something and the smoke would be so bad we couldn't go out during the day or like football the football game would be canceled or, or something like that no it's it's similar to that except it was for like the whole city and all the schools in lausd and i was in torrance unified school district we knew, okay, we can't go out to recess today, or the teachers would not let us play certain sports, or our parents had to come get us early. And this was a very routine occurrence. And I'm thinking like, well, I can understand if they would want to do that, bringing it back to the story as far as um, fire hazards in the sense of, or I should say heat wave hazards, and not necessarily depending on just saying it's hot. But my thing is, you know, how are they going to grade the different heat levels is it just going to be like over 95 degrees that's hot and if it gets to 98 is that hotter than hell and if it's 103 it's like damn it's effing hot i mean what are the three levels yeah it's like hot hot hotter hot hot and then hottest or like shite it's really freaking hot today i mean that needs to be like level four or something like that but seriously why has it taken this long if it's going to be an issue in other words we have fires and we have the heat advisories, which kind of work hand in hand. Why is there not a system to be able to, and hopefully it will make more sense than the whole COVID system. Hopefully. Remember. Good luck the, with that. The purple tier, the blue tier, the red tier, the yellow tier, the pink tier. To this day, I have no idea what any of those colors meant. But if you keep it simple, then yes, I'm quite sure you could probably make it safer for people to go about their day and their way. I think we should do something like this. This shouldn't even be political in nature. I just think it makes good sense if you make it make sense because we've done it for other advisories, be it um, fire, be it smog, what have you. It just makes sense. Well, and I, I look at like the weather app on my iPhone and it has like the, like the air quality index usually. That's right. And so, I mean, I figured... If they can come up with that, you would think the politicians here in California could come up with something simple like that. Well, there are two things. I don't think we should even need it to be a political issue or something to be voted on. It, sh it should be something like you think like the L.A. County Department of Public Health could do <laughs> in the way that we did for COVID. Just make it simple. It's like, hey, you know, we have a heat advisory or, hey, you know, we had a COVID advisory and make it real simple for people to understand, to get the information, and then they could – 
either keep their kids out of school, if need be, going back to the smog alerts, or not let children or elderly people um, engage in certain activities. You know, maybe you wouldn't have sex on Tuesday if it's more than 104 degrees. That's probably not advisable. Why? What do you mean? That that was just such a random example. No, but uh, look, if I can't play basketball as a kid, then probably you shouldn't be having sex at 82 in 104-degree weather. That's how people die. No, that's fair. Okay, I'm not asking a lot. It just makes sense to me. This is the John and Ken Show. Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and on the other side of this news break. We're going to talk about this outdoor water ban, which has begun. Well, it says it's a ban, but then if you read it, it says it's more like an advisory. They're asking permission, and then they say, no, it's a ban. We'll try to sort it out. When you say the word ban, I think of very stringent restrictions. When you say the word ban, it says to me, zero tolerance. When you say ban, it says to me, there's usually some sort of penalty attached if there's a violation of the ban, some sort of, I don't know, citation, a fine, an arrest, something. When you say ban to me, can't do it under any circumstances. But it's kind of confusing because I'm reading about this outdoor water ban, which began today, and I'm not sure whether it's actually a ban or just a mild suggestion. And a mild suggestion or a request and a ban, those are all wildly different things. Here's what I mean. And I was reading this at KTLA.com to give you a reference point. The title to the story says, Outdoor Water Ban Begins for Millions of MWD Customers. That's Metropolitan Water District Customers. Outdoor Water Ban. They're very specific. Ban. No more. Zero tolerance. No watering for you outdoors. At least for the next two weeks. And then I start reading the story. As of today, more than 4 million residents in parts of South Los Angeles County, Malibu, Beverly Hills, San San Fernando Valley and the San Gabriel Valley are being asked. Oh, oh, they're being asked, it says. That's not a ban then. That's a suggestion. If Mark Ronner says, Mo, can I borrow some money from you? He's asking for money. Okay. I then have the option to say, sure, here's 20 cents. Or I can say, hell no, get the frick out my face, dude. I don't know you. I don't like you. You wouldn't dare. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't dare give you money. That's what you mean. (laughs) But my point is, it's misleading. We need to clear it up because the headline says outdoor water ban. But I read the story. It says residents are being asked. Those are not the same thing. But let me keep going. It gets even more confusing because I said residents are being asked to pause. Pause. As in like, you know, hit pause on your DVR. Pause. It's not permanent. It's temporary. Pause all outdoor irrigation for 15 days. Last month, the NWD announced, sounds like a hip-hop group. The MWD announced the ban, I know that was funny, would take place between September 6th and September 20th. So crews can fix a leak in a pipeline that feeds water from the Colorado River to Southern California. All right. Last month, the NWD announced the ban would take place. See, it can't make up their mind. The headline says ban. And then it says residents are being asked to pause. And then it says last month, the MWD announced the ban. Which is it? You need to make up your mind. But here's the serious point. 
This water conservation that they're asking for, my phrase, that's going to take place between September 6th and September 20th, as in today and September 20th, that we're being asked for is serious in this regard. It's so crews can fix this leak in a pipeline that feeds water to most of Southern California. That is serious for this reason, because Jackson, Mississippi is happening right now. Right now. And if you think that it couldn't happen here or it would only happen in Jackson, Mississippi or a Flint, Michigan or a New Orleans or somewhere like that, you're not paying attention because we are one major water incident away from being Jackson, Mississippi. And that is not hyperbole. Story goes on. A temporary fix was put in place when the leak was first discovered back in April, but now the parts have arrived to make a permanent upgrade. Unfortunately, the pipeline will have to be completely shut down to make the repairs. Quote, what that means is the water that we're going to be getting is coming from the state water project, which I think everyone is aware is really short on water this year, close quote, which goes back to the whole drought problem that we've been having. And that is Glendale Water and Power spokesperson Mike DeGhetto said when the plan was announced. Now, the story goes on. The NWD asked that residents concerned about their landscaping keep the pipeline repair at the top of their mind. Quote, we need to make this urgent repair to ensure this infrastructure can continue serving Southern California in the immediate term and for years to come. All jokes aside, that is serious. You've been hearing about these various pipeline bursts and breaks around the uh, various cities in Southern California. Our infrastructure is old. It is crumbling. And you can't wait until you have a problem going back to Jackson, Mississippi. You can't wait until you have this emergency to do something about it to prevent it from happening. So in that regard, yes, we should take it very seriously. But here's the reality of it all. We're not going to do it. We're not. They're saying we need to eliminate all outdoor watering. I could drive down any street in most cities and people will be watering their lawns. It, the sprinklers will come on. They'll be out there with hoses. They'll be washing their cars. It, it really doesn't matter. They're only asking people to do it for two weeks, but we're the people who won't even wear masks. So we're, we're definitely not going to do this because we're selfish. We, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's true. We're a selfish nation. Now, do not mow your lawn, they're asking us to not to do, as part of this ban slash uh, request slash suggestion. They say minimize the use of your lawn for playing and parking vehicles. Now, I don't get that. Why is it I can't park my car on my lawn? Why can't I do that? What does that have to do with water conservation? Indoors, they say, put a bucket in your shower to collect water as the shower warms up. Now, who the hell is going to do that? Who's going to put a bucket in their shower? Now, I'm the guy, and I'm going to be honest. When the drought first started happening in California, they were saying everyone to take like five and 10-minute showers. I was that guy because I was single at the time. I wasn't even married. I was living by myself. I didn't have any kids, anything. So my, my carbon footprint, as it were, was very small. I would take 20-minute showers, and I got so much hate mail. Because I was a guy who lived by myself taking 20-minute showers. And I know Eric, he told me he was taking 35-minute showers. And I didn't understand why I was getting hate mail and he wasn't. It doesn't make sense. I believe I said 25, not 35. Oh, but 
my point is you're taking showers longer than me. Not that I was there with you, but I'm going off of what you told me. And I'm saying if I'm taking 20-minute showers, and I like to think of myself as a regular guy, an average guy, a guy who's moderately concerned about the environment and water conservation, then I have to assume most people are probably taking long showers. Mark, he doesn't even take showers. So I'm not even going to ask him. No, we've been getting pretty ripe around my place because <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're trying to space him out and save water. But I got to know, Mo, you shave your head. What are you doing in the shower for 20 minutes? If you've got a full, lustrous head of hair like me, that's going to take you a while. What are you doing in there? You think the only thing that a person needs to bathe or wash in the shower is the top of someone's cranium? Well, I mean, the rest you can take care of in a couple minutes. No. I like to make sure I hit every nook and cranny. I mean, I only want to know so much, and probably the listeners feel the same way. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's not... For me, for me, we're going to have a very honest and, and personal conversation. Yeah, for yeah. me, I enjoy taking a shower. It is like a massage. I enjoy the whole process of taking a shower. Now, I don't have a pool, okay? I don't have any exorbitant water use. I don't wash my car at my house. I take it to a car wash with recycled water. So my water footprint, water bill, all that water use is minimal in nature, I would say, compared to most people. According to my nest, I get a bunch of green leaves. So I'm doing something right. Well, you know, I used to get some of my best ideas taking long showers, but that was like three or four years ago. You just can't do that anymore. And when I had longer hair, my showers were the same length of time. Hair had nothing to do with it. Thank you very much. So you say. Why are you picking on me because I shaved my head? I, look, my hair is sexy. Thank you, Vu. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm not disputing that. You probably look better with a shaved head. I would look like a light bulb if I shaved my head. I'm not doing that. Just get out in the sun. Just get out in the sun. <laughs> I can't. I Why? burn. I burn easy. Well, you should have been born a black man. Look at me. I'm like Conan O'Brien, for God's sakes. I, I, you could stick me on the wall of a cave and I'd glow. Don't hate. Congratulate. <laughs> Next time when you come back, just make sure your mother or your father, you know, has a moment with the chocolate milk man. I'll encourage my mom to to do that. All right. Yeah. Get it right next time. This is the John and Ken Show. KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173 or visit buylegacygold.com. When it comes to a thriving career, everyone could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. At LHH, we're committed to personalized support, insights, and resources that lead to more job opportunities. No matter what role a professional has in your organization, our services offer an experience that fits each individual. And for organizations, LHH provides consultative support and guidance through the entire outplacement or career transition process. It's outplacement reimagined. Visit LHHtalent.com today. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. 
Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.